0: My friend, Lacey Gadigard-West, likes to say, I'm a stylist by trade and a CEO by accident. She's the founder and CEO of Laced Hair Extensions, a globally recognized multi-million dollar company. Born and raised in a small town in southern Utah, Lacey began her professional career as a stylist in Las Vegas. She developed her love for hair extensions and perfected her methods while working at the Bellagio and Aria for almost a decade. Lacey traveled the country doing hair for A-list celebrities and high-end clients. With her experience at high-end salons and clients that included celebrities and musicians, Lacey founded Laced Hair Extensions in 2010. In 2015, Lacey began to experience health challenges, including a series of events in which her face became paralyzed, her speech slurred, and she suffered from crippling headaches, all of which led her to lose an unhealthy amount of weight. After countless tests, MRIs, and medical opinions, Lacey was diagnosed with a brain tumor and multiple sclerosis. Inspired by her time in the hospital with women suffering from hair loss due to medical treatments, Lacey wanted to do more. Lacey soon founded the Laced Hair Foundation, a purpose-driven nonprofit dedicated to donating hair extensions to suffering women and giving hope when it's needed most. Today, I get to talk to Lacey about her story behind starting the Laced Hair Foundation and what it's like to live with MS. She also shares with me some of the ways you can get involved and volunteer your time or resources to the Laced Hair Foundation and details on a fundraiser gala she's hosting this week in Utah. For all the people out there who already are raving fans of Lacey's beautiful hair extensions, I think you'll really enjoy this inspirational story that will make you love her hair even more. I see, I'm so happy. First of all, I'm so happy to see your face. I feel like Disneyland was the last time we saw each other in person maybe. Sad. That I know years it was. Ago. That was years ago. We talk online, so I feel like we're more connected than that, but it has been a long time. When I lived in Utah, we saw a lot more of each other. You were my very first exposure to extensions. <laughs> I remember being so excited going over to your house and you fit me for extensions and I suddenly had color in my hair for the first time without even coloring my hair and that was so fun and I've just so enjoyed following your journey and being a friend on the sidelines cheering you on but I'm really excited to talk to you about your story and everything that you've been through so for anyone who isn't familiar can you give just a little bit of background on who you are and what you do
1: Yeah so first of all I'm so excited too it's it's so fun. We have been friends for so long. And even just you talking about, you know, coming at people used to come to my house to get their hair done. Mm -hmm. So it's so fun to see like our journeys. And I've been there through a lot of years too, and just love following you. And so again, thanks for having me a little bit about what I do. I am a hairstylist by trade and I started, I fell in love with hair extensions. I always had very thin hair, and love the confidence that I got when I first got hair extensions. You know, I come from the era of like long straight hair was really in when I was in high school and I had really thin hair. So I just always loved extensions. I got my start doing hair at the Bellagio hotel in Las Vegas and, you know, rewind back to 2003, the Bellagio is still a great hotel, but in 2003, it was kind of like the only hotel. So I met a lot of, you know, I did a lot of hair on celebrities. I met a lot of dignitaries and just people from all over the world. It was a really cool experience. And that was where I got my motivation to start my own brand and really have hair extensions for my own use. From that came kind of like a ripple effect of other hairstylists like that I was doing. They wanted to learn how to do extensions. Then Instagram happened. And we all know <laughs> this is like now to, you know, 2011. Instagram happens, and people would see hair on, and you know, someone from Virginia would comment and say, "Oh, I want, I want that those hair extensions." So I was like, "Oh, well, I will start shipping them out." And then from there, we now have a online acad- online academy where I teach people. I have an in-person academy. We ship hair all over the world. Have a salon in Salt Lake, and then also a warehouse headquarters where we have three thousand square feet where we ship hair here from all over. But reverse into that, that's like the glamorous, like oh, success story. But reverse that was three moves when I was married to my first husband. He was in he was in law school and we were on welfare. And then we got divorced. And then I was a single mom to two kids. And a year after that was a brain tumor diagnosis and turned MS diagnosis. So there's been like a lot of heartache along the way that I know you're gonna ask a lot of questions about those because. I think everyone like, yes, I'm very excited that I've like had some success in all of the things, but the journey along the way is why it's like, I love to give back and help other women, other entrepreneurs, hopefully inspire them. So, yeah, yeah,
0: it really has been so exciting to watch, but also just so many times too where we've prayed for you and, and watched you go through these pretty serious ups and downs. So I remember you going through your divorce and being a single mom and thinking, wow, that must be so hard, like running your business. And I remember having conversations with you about running your business, having the boys trying to balance single momhood and being a business entrepreneur. Then out of the blue, it really felt like, or correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seemed like it just came out of left field, out of nowhere, you wound up with this brain tumor, right?
1: Yeah. So it's my divorce was final, like December of 2014. And then December of 2015 was when I was diagnosed with the brain tumor. So yeah, it, that was like within one year <laughs> of each other It was definitely a lot to go through that year. And it's interesting because you said out of the blue, there were a lot of, a few months leading up to it. I had a lot of symptoms that honestly, if you Google brain tumor, like I had all those symptoms and I almost like I would kind of make a joke about it. Like, oh my gosh, probably have a brain tumor. Like if you read all really like what were they? Yes. I had, I had really excruciating migraines for one and vision loss and my speech was slurred. I had some memory fog memory problems. I had some some seizures and just like some things that like, if you Google those symptoms, it may pop up. And I know now that it's a neurological disease because those symptoms will pop up too. But when we, I went to the hospital and they did an MRI because my whole left side of my face was completely numb. I was able to, they took me right back and yeah, my left side of my face was numb, which could mean maybe a stroke or something too. That could be something that happens. So they obviously took it very serious. And that was when they found, that was when they found the the brain tumor, which we know now Mm -hmm. is a brain lesion. But at the time I didn't know. And it was really scary because I was like, my kid's dad was in the military and he was, he was gone. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, you just go straight to like, I think that those, you know, those words are very scary to hear and I'm okay now. And so I, but when I go back to those, to that time, it's like, oh, it's Christmas time. This could be my last Christmas with the kids. They gave me like a possible, if it was cancerous, they were like, it's probably a 10% chance of survival because we can't operate on this brain tumor. It's in a spot where it's too dangerous to operate. We can't ever remove it. Anyways, they said, but we can do a biopsy and see if it's cancerous. And from Mm -hmm. there, we can kind of move forward. So obviously before you get brain surgery, you want to have like multiple people come in and talk to you about it and whole neurological team at the university of Utah, which like, I can't imagine being anywhere else. I'm so glad I was there, but a lot of them were like, you know what? The, the tumor looks a little bit like it could be multiple sclerosis, but A lot of people that have multiple sclerosis have many of those all over. So it's, Hmm. it's easier to diagnose one of the doctors who's like the main, I wish I could remember his name right now, but he just said, he encouraged me. He said, I would not operate. It's too risky. You could Hmm. lose your speech. You could not walk. You know, there's, it's so risky to even do a biopsy. And so he's like, let's wait, let's treat you as if it is cancerous. Let's treat you as if maybe it's MS. We can do infusions. And we'll just kind of watch it. We'll keep getting, we'll come back and get another MRI, see if it's growing. We'll be able to tell if it's cancerous that way. So I am so glad I chose that path. It felt the best um, to me to choose that way and not risk a brain surgery if they couldn't remove it anyways. Right. But for six months, it was this waiting period of like not knowing. And in that time, because like I said, they were treating me as if I possible, real tumor. I spent time at the Huntsman Cancer Institute and they gave me infusion treatments, which a lot of people get infusion treatments if for autoimmune disease too, which I still do get treatments. But I hung out there and I was on some pretty high doses of, of my infusion steroids laced with many other things. I lost about 70% of my hair during those treatments. Selfishly, I was like, well, whatever, like this sucks, but I can clip in some hair extensions and cover it, but I would, I would go in there and the nurses and the other women that were sitting by me would always compliment my hair. And they were like, how is your hair still look so beautiful? Cause a lot of them didn't have any hair or had been losing a lot of it. I said, Oh, I, my hair is not beautiful. I've lost most of it, but I just had these clip-ins in and then I would like wear my beanie. So it just looked like I had hair. When talking to some of those women, they were like, Oh, well, how are, how much do extensions cost? And I would love some. And so we would get to talking about my products and extensions are expensive. And yeah. these women were like, oh, well, when I don't have medical uh, bills piling up and I can afford it again. Mm-hmm. And like, I would love to, I would love to get extensions. And I, and that was kind of what it hit me. I was like, oh, wow. This was, sorry, I'll probably get emotional on all this stuff. But I was like, wow, um, this definitely is, my calling. Like I have a product that can help all these women and I'm going to do it. So that was kind of like the idea for my give back and my foundation and why I wanted to help these women is because I would have loved to help them anyways, but to really go through it myself was Mm -hmm. like, it definitely hit hard. And I was lucky, but being a single mom and having a new business, I wouldn't have been able to afford hair extensions either. Like going through medical all my medical issues and everything. So, I was like, yeah, I'm going to help these women and that was kind of how the foundation was born and again, that was years ago and it took some time to get everything off the ground with it, but but in all those treatments and figuring everything out, I did get a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis through some other tests testing my spine and just kind of like watching everything closely for the next 6 months. So, you know, then my next battle was like, wait a second. <laughs> I was like fighting this like brain tumor and I was going to be fine. And then all of a sudden they told me I have MS and like, I didn't really know that much about MS. I just pictured, and again, this was just my ignorance on it and not in a bad way that people don't know what MS is. It's okay. But I just pictured myself being in a wheelchair and like Mm -hmm. just having this like awful quality of life and just, I was really bad news too. But it, that news meant that I was okay. It wasn't a cancer brain tumor. Like, I'm going to live. I just might be living a little bit differently. So through that, I did definitely, like, reach out. And I met through the MS, kind of through MS Connections. I met Bob Harmon. Who has been a great support? His wife, Bob Harmon, owns Harmon's Groceries for Oh Salt Lake.
0: Oh my gosh, I miss Harmon's. I know greatest grocery store on the planet. I
1: met him at Harmon's when he was there doing some MS. He was passing out MS pamphlets about the MS Society, and I walked up and was just like grabbing all these pamphlets because it was literally the week that I had been like officially diagnosed. Yeah. He, he was just like, why are you grabbing all of this stuff? Do you know someone that has MS? And I was like, me, you know, it was like oh. this whole. So we became friends through that. And then now I actually sit on the board for the MS Society and we have kind of absorbed some chapters. So we're Utah, Idaho, and Nevada actually now. So
0: wow. And what's his connection? What is the Harmon's connection to MS?
1: His wife has MS. Okay. So okay. He does a ton of stuff to support it. And, and yeah, that was kind of like another like really incredible blessing to be actually at Harmon's just shopping. And like, yeah, and he's there. And just so he's become like a great support as well.
0: Wow. I just I'm such a believer that nothing is coincidence. No, that just really... Is so cool that he was right there, like the week that you were diagnosed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, that was kind of like the journey. And through that, it was always my goal to start a foundation mm-hmm. from this. And real life happens. And it takes a, a lot longer than I would think to create a, a real charity that's recognized by the government, 5013C, um, which we are, by the way, even though if you yeah. think it, it won't pop up. but um, we do have an EIN number. They're just backed up because of COVID like everything else, right? So it just took a little bit longer than I thought to get everything going. But we were doing it anyways, even without the recognition of the government. I didn't care. It was like, I'm still going to send these women here if if they submit their nomination form and it works out. So yeah, that's kind of like, it's such a long story and kind of dramatic and traumatic. And so I kind of tried to whiz through it, but obviously there's like, deeper dives into everything
0: it's such an inspiring story that you were able to take something like i always think of i love the show this is us and where the doctor the old man doctor says that you can take life's sourest lemons and turn them into lemonade and that's like what you've done and it's so beautiful to watch that you've taken this struggle that you went through and turned it into something that helps and blesses so many people and so many women So I would actually love to go back to what you said about you didn't know much about MS. I feel like my knowledge is also pretty shallow. And I would love to go deeper on that and just understand what that looks like for someone that's experiencing it and what what your treatments are like and what the real like what the reality of life is if you have multiple sclerosis.
1: Yeah, well Amanda The word itself or the name itself, multiple sclerosis um, comes from, there are so many variants of it. So multiple, right? Mm. Some people can have it more severe than others. And just to kind of like, kind of like talk about the more inspiring thing is how far we've come. And I say we, because I am involved in the society and just like having MS myself, there are a lot of great treatments for it. The quality of life isn't what it was 20 years ago. Things were a lot more difficult. There weren't a lot of medications. No one really knew about it. So just the awareness of multiple sclerosis has really helped to really advance a lot of the treatments for it, which is so awesome. And that's why, like I said, I support the MS Society and I'm a member of it along with my own foundation, because I love all the work that they do for people struggling with MS and the support they gave me when I was first diagnosed and I like knew nothing was like a true, like just a true ray of sunshine in some dark, dark, dark moments. So anyways, life with MS, like I said, can vary from person to person. I've been pretty lucky, like knock on on wood, um, the last few years, I haven't had like a ton of symptoms that I even had like five years ago, but a day in the life of when you are having a flare up is walking problems insane amount of pain that's kind of indescribable because anyone that suffers from a neur- neurological disease your nerves are telling your brain that there's pain even though your body isn't so it's kind of like an invisible disease so like you pinch your hand and that hurts that's not your nerves like that's your skin your body can feel that pain same with a broken bone but neurological you can't like go take a pill and make your MS pain go away. Neuro- neurological pain doesn't work like that. So so when that pain is happening, it's pretty excruciating and for me it also affects like my vision. I have I'm actually colorblind when I'm having a flare up in my left eye just kind of oh, hurt, interesting. But then it strains yeah. my right eye to try and like like a reds can look more like burnt orange. And so I mm. mean there's just so many weird little things and like i mentioned the leg pain some tremors n- numbness and numbness in your legs numbness in your hands which was a huge problem for me like i made my money to you use- have to use your hands yeah i have to stand up and i need to use my hands so this disease that yeah. makes me not be able to walk like is pretty rough anyways i have like i said i haven't had for the last few years just from medications and taking care of my body I feel like the bouts have kind of slowed down from what they were initially, and which is really helpful. And like I said, the bouts are when you're experiencing those symptoms. So, and sometimes those bouts can last a month. Sometimes they can last longer for people. And so, like I said, it just varies. The treatments treatments I started five years ago were were a daily injection that I'd have to give myself, and then when I'm having any flare up or bouts. Then I go and get the infusions at the Cancer Institute or another infusion center. Those are like a very, very intense round of steroids, which is my medication. You know, you sit there for a week and just hang out. And like I said, that's where the inspiration for my foundation was, because it's the same treatment center as people that are going, suffering from autoimmune disease and cancer. So I would s- see so many people coming in, just getting their infusions whether it was chemo or their steroids or whatever infusion they need. So that's kind of my, you know, like my experience, something that's kind of miraculous is a lot of women that have MS when they get pregnant, like your symptoms totally go away.
0: That's crazy. I just had someone on the podcast a couple of weeks ago who has Lyme disease. And she said the same thing. She said that when, you ha- when you're when you pregnant, your body like almost flips into this mode of creating another human and taking care of the baby over like because you're in that mode or I mean that it's not like a scientific reason, but just she felt like there has to be something to do with that where your body is more focused on creating this body and therefore you get like this added strength, almost like a break. She called it a break from Lyme disease for a little while. So that's crazy that it's this you...
1: It's Experience so the same weird thing. So having, you know, I had a, my daughter is a year old now, so mm-hmm. I think that helped like kind of regulate some things that year. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I have my days and you just really have to listen to your body. Like there's just days where I'm like, eh, I'm not going to be able to get up today or I need to take it easy. Cause like anything, stress is <laughs> why you can have a flare up, which is stress causes every problem, honestly, for every right, for people right. in general. Yeah, I just have to like take it easy, and my MS right now is pretty tame, and I'm just kind of taking it day by day because in ten years, you know, I'm 37, so it it is one of those diseases that does get worse over time. So mm. it's kind of like every day, I'm just grateful that I can still walk, and, and like as crazy as it sounds, but then I'm talking normal that day. A lot of times, I slur my speech, mm. and yeah, like I said, just kind of take it day by day, and. I may be one of the lucky ones that does get to walk forever and doesn't have all of the major health problems and complications that come with it. So I just feel lucky right now that it's pretty managed. And
0: yeah, that's, that's awesome. It's really cool to see too, that you like i loved what you said about when you were take when you were doing the treatments and you saw different women going through these other things i wanted to just go back to what you said about stress that you noticed that like stressors and all these different diseases like and and health problems that people go through that it's like a common thread that women lose their hair even if it's not chemo even if it's not specifically a drug that makes you lose your hair, that you noticed that and wanted to make a difference in women's lives with their confidence and with having like one thing that would, you know, be kind of an uplift for them while they're going through something really dark or really hard. Now I want to talk about your, you have an event coming up and this is so stupid, but I always, I'm like, is it a gala? Is it a gala?
1: How do you say it? I've been saying gala, but I don't know. I think, I I don't know which one. It's tomato, tomato, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, right, right. right. But you're having a gala this week because this, this is going to air on Monday, the 7th. So the 10th, you're having an event in Utah. And do you want to talk about that and what you guys are doing there and what the point of this how it is.
1: Yeah. So, um, to kind of like go back to what you were saying, how women lose their hair for so many different reasons, I've been a hairstylist for almost two decades now. I know that ages me, but I have been doing no. it for a long time. Yeah. So I've seen that women lose their hair. Like, it doesn't, it's not just cancer. It's not just your medications. You can lose your hair because you're stressed out or mm-hmm. you're going through an awful situation in your marriage or your life or. Maybe your kid is sick, and the stress from that is making your hair fall out. So I've seen that in my career that women lose their hair for so many different reasons. The spark in me to create this foundation did come from my own personal personal health journey, but I we don't limit it to people only struggling from hair loss because of medical reasons. It can be for anything, anyone. So if you go on our website, lacehairfoundation.org, you can actually nominate yourself someone, you know, that's deserving of extensions or can really just boost their confidence. And you know, it's really important that when I'm trying to share this message, it's not really a vain thing. It's really, we want to restore the confidence that they used to have when they had more hair, because if you've ever lost your hair, it really, really can dilute your confidence or completely take it away. So we just want to restore some confidence, give them Some hair so they women can really change the world when they're confident and feel like themselves again. So, with that, our event is as we continue to grow, our event is to really bring awareness, obviously, raise some money so we can keep supporting this cause and we can help more people know about this and we can not have to turn away a recipient because we don't have enough hair for them or whatever it may be. So This event, it's our first, I wanted to have this two years ago. We've had to reschedule it, I think three or four times now because of obvious COVID everything. So it's officially happening this week. I'm so excited. We have, it's a live auction, a dinner, and we have some really incredible women there that were foundation recipients that have agreed to come and speak and share their stories. And then, you know, like I mentioned, hopefully raise some money and the auction and and even if people can't be there on our website even on my lacehair.com website and then our lacehairfoundation.org there's multiple ways that people can donate as well so really excited for the first first event can't believe it's really here but yeah we're super excited for it
0: that's so cool and can people buy tickets if they if they're listening to this and they want to come or are tickets still open
1: yeah so we're going to try and close the tickets the night before the event so on the night okay just because it is a dinner, we do need to know. But we've yep. kept, like a few tickets open for people that want to come last minute, or that maybe didn't think they can come and then are coming, whatever it may be. So we've kept some open. So there will be some tickets available.
0: That's so cool. I'm really excited for you. And it's in Sandy, right?
1: Yep. Sandy, the Hidden Valley Country Club.
0: Awesome. That's so cool. I'm really, really excited for you that you guys finally get to have this event and and do some good there. I would love to hear what you wish people would understand about MS and maybe whatever misconceptions that you might want to help clear up or just what you feel like you wish you would have known before or what you wish other people would know.
1: Yeah, so it's so interesting because when you say the the term ignorance sound in itself sounds so mean, but it doesn't necessarily I don't think people mean to be mean, right? <laughs> if that if I say it like that it's kind of like you just you just never know Mm -hmm. A, a story from someone that I know that has MS she can't walk very well and she got out of her car and she has her handicap sticker hanger hanging from her car and as she got out someone saw her and went and wrote a note on her car like can't believe you would take up that pass I wish blah 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 you know whatever and it's just like, and why I'm kind of using that as an example, as she did kind of hobble into the grocery store is people with MS look fine. And sometimes like, it's like I said, it's an invisible disease. So if you can just spread, and it's not only just about MS, if you can just, you never know what someone's going through. Right. So although sometimes it's like, I look fine. And so people think I'm fine, and that's always what people say to me: is like, well, at least you look fine. Could you know? Could be worse. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and I don't think anyone means it to be rude, but it's like, I know I look fine, but like literally, my body is like fighting itself, like to its core right now. So yeah, I think that's something is invisible. People are not only have like battles that we don't know about silent battles, but the disease I'm living with is an invisible disease. So while though I look fine, like I may not necessarily be fine. And it's okay that people don't know that, but it's just a good reminder that you never know what people are going through. So,
0: right. Right. That is so true. I've heard that from multiple people too, who have diseases, like you say, that are quote unquote invisible and you know, the same thing I think goes with people who struggle severely with mental health issues, that it's not like you're wearing a heart monitor or you are pricking your finger for a severe insulin thing. You know what I mean? Like, the, but those problems are real. And obviously yours, like a neurological disease, that's something so serious, but yet it isn't manifesting in a way that is super visible to everybody else. So I think the point we can kind of take away from this is giving people the benefit of the doubt, always assuming the best of others. And when someone can't attend something last minute or when they need extra help or they need that handicapped parking spot to just always assume the good, always assume the best. What are some things that people have done to help support you? If someone's listening to this and they're like, oh, I know someone who has MS, but I really don't know how, like what would be helpful to them? What's been helpful to you?
1: It's crazy because like, there's, there's so many things that you could do to help someone, even just like, I think sometimes people, and I would be like this too. If you have a friend that has, has something like wrong with them, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. uh, which I do. (laughs) Um, Sometimes people are like, she's so strong. Like it's fine. Um, But the people that check in on me, like even just say like, Hey, how's your MS doing this month? Like I'm, I'm shocked because I think a lot of people don't want to think that I like don't want to say anything because they don't want to think that I'm weak. Or I think just sometimes just asking that maybe uncomfortable thing. It's not uncomfortable for me when people ask me that. And it's probably more uncomfortable for them. So I support that. But I think just checking in on people goes a long way. I'm pretty lucky. Like I have a nanny. I am now married. So I have a husband who's very supportive and very helpful and really amazing some people don't. Like if I was still a single mom, like people that would drop off food, even like like didn't post on Instagram like that I was sick that day, but like I had friends check in on me often and like how can we support you? And there's just so many things, right? And it's like anything, but I think even just that check-in is is so helpful. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's really good to know. And I love that you say too, just ask. Because I think it's easy to assume like, well, she hasn't said anything about it. So it must be going fine. And maybe it's not. Maybe if you're the person that asks or thinks to ask, especially, I feel like, especially if you get that nudge, like for me, I feel like, you know, I call that the spirit or maybe you call that your intuition or a little gut feeling. Like maybe just if you, if someone like pops into your mind or you think about them to check on them, because sometimes you're the one person that's getting that impression or having that thought. And it's probably for a reason.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: Tell me what you hope to see with Laced Hair Foundation, like what your, what your goals are, your vision, what things you guys would like to accomplish like long-term.
1: So it's interesting because with, with my business and with this charity, it's now charity that I really have. I would have never, I would have never imagined that this could be possible. Um, so I'm really, really, really happy about how far we have come. But I would love, there's so many women that need this service, just some confidence with hair extensions. And I would just love to be able to spread the word and have more people know about it. A goal that I honestly don't know if I should say it, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I wanna also have wigs. I don't sell wigs, um, which Mm -hmm. are even more expensive than some hair extensions. And I, the space I've gotten in and some of the stories I've read, and I have to turn people away because they need a wig, right? And I don't currently offer them. And like I mentioned, they're very expensive. So that's kind of what we want. Our goal would be to offer not only human hair extensions, but human wigs for women that are going through these battles too. So this event that we are having this week is actually like, I'm really hoping that this is what can push us over the edge to make that investment and start down that research path of learning more about wigs and how we can just give back to more people.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool. Cause I did have that thought too. It would be, you would kind of come to that tricky point where some people, like you said, when you had 30% 30% of your hair, still, then you can, then you have something to work with. But if you go through like a full chemo radiation and you have nothing, yeah. then hair extensions aren't going to help you for at least a little while. So that would be really cool to see that. Yeah. To and see you guys get to that
1: help point. them as their hair grows back. Yeah. But even as your hair goes back, your hair has to be a certain length. Otherwise, your extensions don't look good. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to have another path for people to help them prior are before just extensions too. So yeah, I'm really hoping that that is our next big thing.
0: Yeah, that's really cool.
1: So I love too, that you give the
0: opportunity to hairstylists who want to be involved to give of their time. Cause I think sometimes people are like, Oh, like that sounds so cool. I'd love to write this huge check to Lacey and help her start making wigs, but like, I just can't, maybe they're in the same situation you were in at one point where they're like, I do hair and it barely pays my my bills. And I have, I'm a single mom or whatever, but maybe they have a talent or a little bit of time that they can give. Can you talk about that? Cause I love that about your foundation too.
1: Yeah. So that's honestly one of the main things that we need the word to get out to. I mean, there's so many things, but we need hairstylists that will donate their time. Clip ins, as you know, you can put in yourself because you've had them, but tape in extensions, keratin bonds, wefts, there's other methods that require a hairstylist to put them in. So we would love to have, and one of my also huge goals is to have stylists located throughout the country, globally, one day, of course, always, you know, big sky dreams. But so when these women are, say, someone named Jessica in Minnesota, puts her application in. And then we have five hairstylists in Minnesota. that's like, Hey, here's Jessica's story. Would you like to donate some of your time so she can get these extensions? And honestly, hairstylists have the ones that are involved with us and with our organization have just loved it. It's really, really awesome to feel wanted and needed and to have a give back in any, in any job that you have. But I think yeah. that these women sit there just with like tears and it's just, it's mm-hmm. like it really changes your life as a hairstylist to be able to give that to them. So, yeah, we definitely need more hairstylists that are willing to donate their time so we can have these women put them in. Because a lot of times we can give them hair, but then they're left with the expense of having to still pay for the service. Yes. And some of them sit with their hair extensions for a year in hopes that they can save enough to get them put in. And I can't put in in everyone. So I, I live, we ship them all over the country. So, but yeah, that's actually, I'm so glad you asked me that question because that is a huge, huge, huge opportunity as a stylist to give back and a huge need that our foundation has is hairstylists that are willing to donate some of their time.
0: Yeah, that has to be such a rewarding experience, like you said, to just have that personal connection with someone who you're, whose life you can help change and, and give them some confidence and give them something to be happy. Like all of us feel so much better after you go to your stylist and you, get, you come out of the chair and you're like, oh, fresh hair, you know? Oh, yeah. So what a cool thought to take someone who's gone through something super traumatic and has experienced really severe hair loss to be able to walk out of there and feel like themselves again. Like that is such a cool idea to be able to empower people like that. You're giving them the idea and the, the hair and then all they have to give is their time. I think that's really such a beautiful offering that you're, that you're giving to so many people. So where can people get involved if they want to do that? If they want to get involved in the Laced Hair Foundation and, give of their time or give their resources or whatever.
1: We have a website that's lacehairfoundation.org and there is a form on there that they could fill out to submit their story or nominate someone and they can also donate there. We do have a stylist locator on our on our website that have currently have people that have been certified in my extension methods. And most mm-hmm. of those stylists are more than happy to to be involved in this give back process Mm -hmm. but even just if there's a stylist that's interested just to like reach out to us and let us know and we can add them to that locator for for the foundation yeah just like I said even and we do have an Instagram as well that's Laced Hair Foundation at Laced Hair Foundation so you can follow us on there and even just a simple like clicking on a post and sharing it on your story like helps our reach so much and just spread the word so we can help more women.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Okay, I have one last question for you. And that is, if there's one message that you want people to remember who listen to this episode, what do you want that one message to be?
1: Jeez, career. one <laughs> message. Is rough. Obviously, no pressure. So far, no pressure or anything. Um, one message I have is just, we all have our struggles I've been through some struggles I wouldn't wish upon many people and just, just to keep going and find your reason and your why, and it can get better. And I am just so grateful. I kind of overcame the things I did so I could help more people and share what I went through. And even if I inspire one person, like it was kind of worth it. So yeah, just keep going.
0: That's a beautiful message. Well, Thanks again for all of your time today and for sharing this story with us. And we will put the Laced Hair Foundation links, all of that stuff in our show notes today. And then people can find you and your brand too at...
1: So my personal Instagram, if anyone is interested in seeing like a baby in my face sometimes, uh, (laughs) is just Lacey Gatagard. And then like I mentioned, we have the Laced Hair Foundation Instagram. Mm-hmm. which shares a lot of testimonials and before and afters from some recipients. And then my main business Instagram is at least her Extensions.
0: Perfect. Okay, and we'll put all of those in the show notes. So thanks again, Lacey.
1: Thank you so much, love.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Mint Arrow Messages. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Mint Arrow. Subscribe to our Apple Podcasts and rate and review us if you like us. And to get show notes, go to mintarrow.com slash podcast, and you can even sign up to get show notes emailed right to your inbox and we'll email you every time there's a new episode.